What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we're going to get into my top five trade targets for week six of the fantasy football season. It is a pivotal time of the season. You know, we have a lot of people that are maybe, you know, one in five, two in four. Hopefully, those people aren't the ones subscribed to the channel. I know a lot of you guys are doing really well, but if your back is up against the wall, you probably got to make some moves. So, we're going to talk about some players that you should trade for if you know you're down bad we're gonna have some players you should trade for or away if you're up big you know you're five and one six and oh make some moves to preserve that championship now before we get into that make sure you go down below subscribe leave a like we produce daily content just like this to help you guys win your fantasy football championships in 2021 now with all that being said let's not waste any more time let's go and we're back now our first trade target we're going to talk about today my favorite buy of the week or maybe not my favorite these are all really good buys but we're going to talk about chase claypool and I think Claypool's a really good buy right now because of the Juju Smith-Schuster news. Now, I think a lot of you guys are going to say, well, his price probably goes up with the Juju Smith-Schuster news, and people are probably going to be aware of that. But I think that the the difference is here is that Juju's out for the season, right? We know that. He has a shoulder injury. But because he hasn't been fantasy relevant or good, I don't think people are going to adjust for his impact as much as they should because he's been this seven to eight target guy in games where he's healthy so he's been healthy in three games this year he's had seven to eight targets in all of those which is a decent amount of volume when you're passing for i believe 39 attempts per game you know eight divided by 39 i don't know maybe eight to 20 percent but that's still a very fat amount of the target share now he's only been the widest for 63 on the year in terms of fantasy so i think people aren't going to understand his impact when he's gone and what that does for Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool because this team like I said throws the ball 39 times a game they're six in the league in pass attempts and we have a spot here where we now have a sample size of two games with Claypool as the number two guy and this is what we wanted all offseason you know we were hoping obviously we didn't want it to happen this way but we were hoping that Juju would go to the Chiefs to the Ravens maybe to my Jets and would leave Claypool and Deontay Johnson to eat by themselves because there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. I hate that saying so much, but when you have Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Juju, who are all pretty legit wide receivers, plus Najee Harris, there's only so many targets to go around while also giving a couple here and there to guys like Ebron, Fryermuth, you got Ray Ray McLeod, James Washington mixes in. But in this two-game sample size where we have the dream scenario that we were hoping for in the offseason with Claypool as one of two main wide receivers. He's been a full route participant, so he's been out there in two wide receiver sets, and he has a 25.3% target share and has put up 15 catches for 224 yards and a touchdown in those two games. Now, shout out Sanderson, Jacob Sanderson, for digging that up. Really good follow on Twitter. But for this reason, Claypool for me is now going to be a back end wide receiver two for me moving forward. And like I said, because Juju hasn't produced, I think the volume that he is going to clear up for this offense is being slept on a little bit. Now, I went onto the CBS trade value chart. So I, I've, I hear people all the time in the comments, bro, like those trades are a ridiculous. Look, man, I went to the CBS trade value chart. I looked out what like the market's kind of feeling. Every, every, every league is different. I am just putting something out there in the ballpark. Now, 
of course, you're not going to get this exact trade to happen, but I'm just saying moves that I would be kind of looking to make. The first one that evened out to Claypool was Miles Gaskin and Damian Williams for Chase Claypool. That could maybe be doable with Gaskin's blow-up game, or you could do something like Kadarius Tony and Trey Sermon for Claypool. Now, that sounds like a junk offer, but a lot of people are hyped up on Kadarius Tony. I like him myself, but if I could get Kadarius Tony in a piece and go move that for Chase Claypool, I would do that all day long. Then we're going to go into our next buy candidate, and that's going to be A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown has been a buy for me pretty much. It feels like every week. Now, obviously, it hasn't been every week. Probably more like two or three weeks I've had him on this list as a buy. And the thing about A.J. Brown is that he is an uber-talented wide receiver. He is still my wide receiver, too, in Dynasty. I truly do feel like, right behind Justin Jefferson, I really do feel like he is a perennial superstar in this league. And he's just been kind of unlucky to this point. Now, he was hurt the first couple of games. I think that he's a really good trade target for teams that are, you know, 5-1, and 6-0, and because he has had that nagging injury. He has gone off to a slow start. But if you can kind of afford the down, the uh, you know, the, the downs with the ups, if you will, I'd be maybe going to a team that has A.J. Brown, who's been hurt, and is like, you know, I'm done with him. I'm sick of this. Get him off my team. Now, I think that he's due for some positive regression. Now, a side note on positive regression. I had a guy in my comments last week when I talked about positive regression and he was telling me, you know, I, I didn't respond or even like the comment, but I, I've, I've seen this before where people are like positive regression isn't real. Stop saying that you fucking idiot. It's just progression. Fellas, that's not, that's not how this works. You're regressing to the mean, right? So regressing to the mean, and you can't just say that he's regressing because regressing is assumed to be negative, even though it's neutral, right? So you're regressing to the mean and because you're regressing up to the mean it's positive regression now it would be progression if okay so you have a sample size of what aj brown did through two years now he's in a slump going from that two years down and then back up that's not progression progression is just a straight linear path right so if aj brown was in year one and he sucked now and we're like okay he's going to get better that would be progression not positive regression now, I think that makes sense. Regardless, it doesn't really matter. It's not foundational to the video for you guys to understand that. But I thought that that was just something that I wanted to clear up real, real quick. Because I think that some people probably hear me say positive regression are like, bro, like, what are you talking about, boss? But that's essentially what it means. Now, when I say positive regression, I think that he is going to regress back to the mean in terms of his air yard target numbers or his catch rate numbers on deep targets. So he has six targets of 20 plus air yards, right? So deep targets, 20 yards down the field. And he has not converted one of them. He's converted none of them. He is that that red box on the screen or on the chart. That's AJ Brown. He is the he is doing the worst in terms of catch rate on 20 plus air yard targets. And we're gonna say that he's going to regress back to the mean because last year he was six for fourteen on passes of twenty yards downfield or more. So that was a forty two percent rate. We need to I believe that he will climb back to that. He's not just going to keep dropping them or not dropping them, but just not converting them. And when we're talking about deep targets, those are the most valuable targets possible. Now, obviously we don't want our players to, you know, kind of make their bread and butter on deep targets because they're not as voluminous, voluminous. They're not as abundant, but they're very high value targets. Because the implied fantasy points on a, on a pass that's 20 yard downfield is like two plus 0.5. So you're already at 2.5 points without even any yak or touchdown uh, upside. That would be in 0.5 PPR. 
Now, like I said, he converted 42% of them last year. He's converting 0% of them this year. There will be splash plays to come. Now, obviously, six deep targets, him not connecting on like 40% of them. So let's say two out of six deep targets. That's not the sole reason for him not playing well, but the usage has been strong. In his first game back, this is a really good tweet from Adam Levin-Tan. Now, that that chart is from uh, Hayden Winks over at Underdog. Shout out Underdog. Promo code Ron when you deposit 10 or more dollars for a $10 bonus. Now, Adam Levitan uh, noted his usage, and it was pretty much fine this uh, this past week. He saw 24 of 27 snaps. He saw six targets and a 27% snap share. Only put up three for 38 and zero touchdowns, but the big games will come. The big games will come again. We bet on the talent. Like with Jonathan Taylor last night, we know that he is an uber-talented running back. Even if Frank Reich is going to mess around and not give him all of the touches, we know that the, the talent will rise to the top eventually. I will just keep betting on very good players, very talented players. And AJ Brown is that guy. Now, again, I went into this, I went onto the CBS trade value chart to kind of check out what's going on there. And they were saying you could do something like Mike Williams. Now we're going to get to Mike Williams later on as a sell, but you could do Mike Williams for AJ Brown and Javante Williams. I would do that all day long. Or apparently they were saying in PPR, you can trade. Obviously, I don't know if this can happen in your league, but in PPR, they were saying you can trade Corderell Patterson or Kareem Hunt straight up for AJ Brown, one one or the other. So that's pretty crazy value there. I would be doing all three of those trades if I could. Now, I don't think I would. I don't think I could because I don't think that those trades would happen in my league. But for the vast majority, maybe those CBS trade value charts would work. Now, our third player on this list is going to be Javante Williams. And Javante Williams has been a guy that I've been harping on all season. Or I don't even know. I don't know that harping on is the right word, but somebody that I've been gassing up all season. I don't know why my hair kind of looks like a, mo- a faux hawk right now, but that's fine. Um, but I, I talked about in my early season trade target video. You can go back to that. And we were talking about players to look to buy or sell after the first four weeks of the season. We're now five weeks into the season. Javante Williams is on that list. This is the perfect time to buy Javante Williams, like we were talking about when I made that list. Javante Williams is still splitting touches 50-50. He hasn't really had a, he hasn't really got his leg up on Melvin Gordon yet. They're still splitting touches 50-50. But since week two, so Melvin Gordon had that one game where he had a 70-yard rush in week one. Since that game, Melvin Gordon has 49 carries. Javante Williams has 40 carries, right? So just nine less carries. Melvin Gordon is averaging 3.7 yards per carry. And Javante is averaging 5.05 yards per carry. So now I don't love yards per carry, but we're talking about in the same exact system and the same exact offensive line everything like that. I actually like yards per carry in that setting because it just shows you, okay, two players in the same exact situation or, or environment, what are they out there producing? Javante showing that he has juice. We now have back-to-back weeks. He had that crazy run against the Ravens where he's taken the whole team for, for a ride. He had a, a run this week where against the Steelers, he had like seven yards per carry, had a big run where they tracked him down right before he could score. I think he hit 20 miles per hour on that run, but he's showing flashes, man. And he's also shown that he is one of the best rushers, one of the best pure rushers in the league at this point. So when we're talking about pure rushers, we're talking about Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, those kind of guys. He is one of four running backs and with at least 0.3 forced missed tackles per rush this season. So on about a one out of every three rushes, he's forcing missed tackles, which is crazy. He also has the six easiest rest of season schedule for running backs, according to PFF. So the schedule is going to open up a little bit here. He just played against the Ravens, against the Steelers. The schedule is going to open up here for him. I think that eventually the breakout will come. He's going to have his big game. And I think that we're going to see the touches go from 50-50 to maybe like 65-35. That's the bet you're taking. You can still buy him for, you know, high-end RB3 prices. I'd be doing that all day. He's going to be somewhere around RB20 to 24 for me in the rest of season rankings. 
Now, when you're making these trades, if you want to see what my rest of season rankings are for these trades, I sit down every Wednesday. So that's going to be out later out later on today when I post this. <clears throat> but I sit down, do all my rest of season rankings so that you guys can have, you know, an idea of, of what I would be trading for, where I'm kind of valuing players in that rest of season range. Now, with that being said, we're going to get into the sells here. We did three buys. We're going to do two sells, but I'm going to give you guys some bonuses, just some names that I jotted down without taking, you know, too many notes or anything like that. And a couple, I actually have a bunch of bonus buys to be honest with you. And the first one is I, I glossed over the CBS trade value chart. Now I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't think that it's like a great resource, but people out there use these kinds of things. And I think that there are people in your league that value these players similarly, because you have to remember these, these trade value charts are made by other analysts. Do I agree with them? Not really. Hold up. Water break. Now the first one's DeAndre Swift. Um, he's still not being respected in these trade value charts as a top, you know, seven to 10 running back. I know that people that have him value him highly, but I think there is going to still be places where you can get him at, you know, fringe running back one prices. If you can get him around that, you know, RB 12 to 15 range, that kind of price. I do that all day because people, people are still scared of Jamal Williams and it's so perfect guys. I can't trust this enough. It is so perfect. The role that is there because DeAndre Swift essentially uses Jamal Williams as his meat shield for non-valuable touches. Jamal Williams gets all of the between the 20s grinder work, which basically, and he gets all the inside work, right? So what DeAndre Swift gets is more valuable touches. He gets the outside zone zone stuff. He gets all the receiving work. He's had like, I want to say six or seven catches a bunch of times this season. He's getting all the receiving work. He had a goal line carry. He's getting the goal line carry. He's getting the receptions. I'm not saying 100% of the goal line carries or 100% of the targets, but he's getting the majority of those looks. So he's getting these really valuable touches, which is super, super important for fantasy. Then our next buy candidate is going to be Darrell Henderson. Uh, he's a bell cow if healthy. I know that uh, Sony Michelle just had like 11 touches. Some people might be scared off by that. Darrell Henderson was hurt, but in the, during the game when Darrell Henderson was 100% ready to go, he was the bell cow dominating all the snaps. Then we have Deontay Johnson as another buy that I liked on that list. He's being valued as like a back-end wide receiver too. In my opinion, with Juju gone, Deontay Johnson has seen like a 30% snap share or target share even with Juju in the lineup. I think in PPR, he's essentially a fringe wide receiver one at this point. I would probably put him somewhere in the wide receiver 10 to wide receiver 15 range rest of season. So I think you could buy uh, You can buy low on him just like you could buy low on Claypool. And then we'll talk about T Higgins. He had acquired a week. I think he scored a touchdown. I think he's going to be fine long-term. I still think that he probably out targets Jamar Chase rest of season, but it's going to be close. I still like him as a buy for anybody that's frustrated with T Higgins. Now, moving on to ourselves, we're going to talk about Mike Williams. Now, I cannot stress this enough. I have Mike Williams on my teams. He looks amazing. I'm not taking anyway, anything away from him. If you want to hold him, that's completely fine. But he is now the wide receiver two on the season in PPR after going for eight catches, 165 yards, and two touchdowns on the Browns. I'm obligated to tell you to shop him. He's in year five at this point. He's never finished inside the top 40 wide receivers in points per game and PPR points per game. He reminds me a lot of Devontae Parker in 2019 with... Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick on the back end, right? So he had a slow start. Fitzpatrick comes in. Devontae Parker was like a top five wide receiver from like weeks like eight through 17. It reminds me a lot of that. And I'm not saying this will happen, but if it did happen where, you know, he slows down in the back half of the season, it wouldn't shock me at all. Now, I'm not calling the top here. I'm not saying this will 100% happen. I have him in leagues. I probably won't be able to move him off of those rosters. But what I'm saying is that if you can cash out 
on Michael Williams or Mike Williams for top five prices, I would, you know, in my rest of season rankings, he's going to be in the wide receiver 12 to 15 range. So if you can swap him out for DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, I would, if you could also do, you know, Mike Williams for DJ Moore, CD Lamb, McLaurin, and then add a piece onto one of those, I would do a deal like that. And if you want to talk about running backs, guys that are falling down rest of season rankings a little bit here that I would do straight up for Mike Williams, Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift. Now I'm not in your leagues. I don't know what Mike Williams can get you. If none of those if none of those are even in the ballpark of what you can get from Mike Williams, ride him out. If you can't get, if, if he's producing at a top five rate right now and you can't swap him out for a top five substitute, then ride him. Just keep riding him. Hold on. So for me, Mike Williams is either a hold or a sell. And I did that without showing his pictures. That's that's my bad to the people that get mad when I don't show the pictures. There he is, Mike Williams, him in all of his glory. He is now the wide receiver one in standard, wide receiver two in PPR. Then we're going to talk about Miles Gaskin as my next sell. And Miles Gaskin was the RB46 on the season prior to his breakout game this weekend. He put up 31.9 PPR points on the week with 10 catches, 74 yards, and two touchdowns through the air. Now, that's dope. We want those receptions. But also the fact that he had five carries for five yards or five carries for 25 yards is concerning. Now, I know that they were down. The Buccaneers are a pass funnel, so that makes sense. But I think he was used so much in that game because will fuller and Devonte parker were out now Devonte parker probably is going to be coming back soon will fuller will be back in like two three weeks and i think if you can get it if you can cash out on him for like rb2 prices i would because i think kluge put it up put put it really well here uh dave kluge really good follow on twitter he said that miles gaskin averaged 14.2 carries per game last year and only is only seeing 6.8 per game this year so that really does mess with his floor right he's not the same He's not getting the same usage as he was last year. And for me, I have him in the wide or the running back three range rest of season. So he's in the same category for me as a Naeem Hines, a Devin Singletary, a Tony Pollard, you know, guys in that range, you know, a James Conner. But I think if you can sell him for that fringe RB2 price you got him for, you know, in that Mike Davis range, somebody wants to buy back in on Miles Gaskin, I would be looking to sell him for that price. Now that's going to do it for us today, fellas. Again, if you want access to the rest of season rankings, so you can go out there and make some trades, dominate your leagues, that's going to be down below in the description, down below in the comments, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. I'm going to hop off here. I got to go write the waiver wire article for the patrons. I love you guys. Let me know. Let me know if you guys have uh, any trades involving these players so I can kind of see, you know, what the, the market's at. It's really tough to gauge the market with these redraft trades because every single league is so different. Now, I know that my some of my trades... You guys are going to say that are, are ridiculous. I'm sorry if they offended you, bro. It's tough. It's tough out here. So I'm not going to go out there and tell you guys to sell these players for cheap or, you know, take the losing side of a trade if I can help it. Now, again, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. I'll see you guys tomorrow with a running back start sit video. And as always, I'll see you guys in the next one.